0: Good afternoon, and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block with Ed, Jody, and Steve. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast, which can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for the Liberty Block. Good afternoon, everybody.
1: Hi, Steve. Hi, Jody. Hi, guys. We also have a guest, uh, Alu Axelman.
0: Yeah, the the big uh the big boss, the, the head the I
1: head
0: will Luna. refer
2: to you as Elliot.
0: Just Elliot. so okay. <laughs> his official name. Um well, as hopefully always, I- that,
1: Steve, before we start, you know, I hope that other people listening to this will follow Alu's or Elliot's lead and join us for some of the conversation going forward.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Yes, please.
0: We have to make it known that the purpose of the show is people can be part of it and either agree with us, or even better yet, disagree with us in a polite and respectful way. Um, As always, I got a few quick hits that I like running through, but I guess the best news of the week is that for all practical purposes, the election is over. And I say that for two reasons. A, Joe Biden has once again publicly announced that he's running for the Senate and not the presidency. Mm -hmm. So I think now that he's withdrawn from the presidential race, there's no reason to be upset about you know to be worried about the outcome and even if he were running for president apparently he once again said the other day that for the 56% of people polled people polled saying they're better off than four, they were 4 years ago well they just shouldn't vote for him so with those two things Amazing. I'm willing to uh lay back a little bit on this election what do you guys think
1: well the first thing I'd say is you—you you, I think you missed the biggest—the biggest story, which is the Hunter Biden revelations and the emails that Biden was actually well aware of what his son was doing and that his son was getting paid big money. He's—he's uh, he's lied straight face to everybody about not knowing about that. We all know that he was lying about it, but in a in a sane and just world, he he'd be disqualified from from the presidency just based on that bald faced lie.
0: Well, actually, Ed. Even though I'm obviously being sarcastic and satirical, et cetera, et cetera, I'm going to answer why I probably disagree with that. Because the fact that Hunt, that Joe Biden lied about everything will never hit the media. The fact that he said he's running for the Senate is all over the place. So,
1: yeah, but you know, in an age of Twitter, and an age of parlor and Facebook, yes, the mainstream media is against the Republicans, but there are enough outlets for Republicans to get their work, get their message out, that that information should be getting out. Conservative talk radio is very popular. Tens of millions of people listen to it. Tucker Carlson and Mark Levin and Sean Hannity have very highly rated cable TV shows. I'm I'm not gonna say that there's no bias because clearly there is. And I'm not saying that there isn't censorship because there is, but the reality is we've got a lot of big voices and it's time that we stop using that as a crutch and we start fighting and start making the case and you know trump should be out there making commercials or if not trump the rnc should be making commercials the rnc's got lots of money why aren't they making commercials about what's going on
0: even better than the biden scandals is you know trump is making some noise about everything coming out about crossfire hurricane and they did publish that spreadsheet today and Trump has been using his usual ridiculous adjectives, but this truly may be incredible and great because some of the stuff coming out about the investigations against Trump and the Russian collusion hoax are really staggering. And you're right, if that would get out there more. My problem with all of conservative talk radio, um, and I'd love to have Hannity's millions and millions of listeners, but for the very most part, in my humble opinion, they're all preaching to the choir. I think Jody has probably convinced more people to change their minds than they have.
2: Well, I wish I knew if I'd ever convinced anyone, but Brandon- You talk to
0: regular people, don't you? I mean, you talk to real people?
2: I try to. um, So I have learned that um, you can have a conversation with people. And once you learn, you know, you can bring- you can bring supporting material to support your argument, so that you're not just bringing in rhetoric. You're saying, "And this is why I believe what I believe." And when you get back some sort of emotional um, hyperbole, uh, sort of, then you know there's no discussion to be had. And I'll be honest with you, I'm most of the time I get the sort of deranged. That's not a very nice word. Uh, that sort of attack. And it usually has an underlying tone of, but I'm more moral than you. And so I don't have to prove my case. I don't have to address the case you're bringing forward. I just know I'm more moral. And so I don't find a lot of people particularly persuadable unless I I get the real um, belief and respect for proving their case and i just haven't seen that a lot
0: which you is you know why- um, bongino always says on his podcast he says that we think they're good people with bad ideas and they think we're bad people and you're uh, right they, they don't give us the time of day for the most part but again that goes back to talk radio preaching to the choir does mark levin really convince anybody who's not on his side and is that in any way a balance to all the people who are you know pulled over by the other side
1: I don't know about and, Mark Levin, because Mark Levin is pretty combative, but I think Rush Limbaugh has convinced a lot of people. I mean, Rush is much more into persuasion than than Levin or, or Hannity. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Ronan. you
0: say that, because I agree with you totally on that. Um, Rush was a big, big influence in my life. He never had to convince me, but he taught me unbelievable amounts of stuff over 25 years. I don't know if there's that many new people being brought over to that side. I'd personally be surprised. My only other comment about the elections, unless somebody else wants to talk about it a lot, is it pretty sure now that there won't be any more debates? I'm
2: Sorry, I'm trying to get my dog to stop barking. Why?
0: (laughs) Is it pretty sure that there won't be any debates now, now that the second one's been canceled?
3: Every day the news changes. Tomorrow, you know, they can schedule another one. But but again, the the, uh, presidential, debate commission, the commission of presidential debates, the CPD or whatever. I mean, I think this election, some of us knew it for years, but this election really exposed them. They are straight up a Democrat DNC arm, right? Um, they selected the, the uh, moderators for the, the one or two or three scheduled debates with the president and VPs. I mean, if you look at the resumes of the moderators writing um, memoirs of Democrat figures, I forget who was it, the last moderator was right, like page.
0: the- Yeah,
3: Page was the the author of the uh, biography for who was uh, Clinton or Obama or someone or Biden. But, um, and then the other moderators for the presidential debates, unbelievably far left, far left um, activists. So now just when, when they have, moving the goalposts and setting the standards for the debate saying it should be virtual and let biden cheat all he wants with uh earpieces and this and that and the other and then they're saying trump is wimping out even though trump doesn't want to debate at a disadvantage because big advantage, the big advantage he had that he has a brain and biden does not and he's a good debater and biden is demented this would be taken away obviously that that advantage will be nullified if it were virtual so but again they flipped the narrative and said that trump is, is uh is afraid of the debate. So the whole commission, again, it has to be scrapped. We've said this, the libertarians have said it for years because they don't allow libertarians, even once they make ballot access in all 50 states in DC, which if any metric should be used, it should be that, they still will not even consider talking about Jorgensen being on the debate stage ever, which we all knew, but the, the debate commission has a lot of issues. But going back to your first point, I think you said, I think you and Ed were asking why Trump is not mentioning some of the Biden corruption and some of the other issues of him making his gaffes. I think I've seen some video ads. I don't know if it was TV ad buys or YouTube or some other stuff. I think Trump and the RNC and some others are hitting them on the corruption issues um, with Ukraine and also on on the daily gaffes that Biden makes saying he's running for Senate a second time. Um, So I think they are doing it. Maybe they can do it more, but I've seen some videos.
0: Did Did you see the new ad saying Biden for resident? <laughs> there's a picture of they they photoshopped him into a nursing home. No, this is real. And oh. it says Biden for resident.
3: Yeah, I was he, thinking resident of nursing that's home That's pretty yeah. hard
1: hitting. Right. Um, oh Trump did that. Good. I don't think that's Good.
2: gonna be effective. It. It's funny, but it's not gonna be effective. Um
1: well, I agree. And you know, I I agree with what Elliot was saying. Um the news cycle changes so quickly that we don't know if there'll be debates, but why hasn't Trump or the RNC started putting up commercials about Biden being a chicken? I mean, he should, they should really go after his masculinity and call him a chicken. And because nobody is going to want to vote for a chicken and they should really, they should really go and make some hard hitting commercials and attack him that way because he is being a chicken. I mean, the worst thing that they should have done here was post put, put the debate off for three days or even a week. I mean, Trump was on day 12 of, of after of, of his diagnosis and 14 or 15 days is all he needed to go in order to, to be cleared. I mean, he's been cleared by his doctors anyway.
3: And they were going to social distance anyway. they were going to have plexiglass right. and 50 feet of space and masks. Exactly. So it's all BS. It's all, it's all
1: Exactly right. It's all baloney and they should call him on and they should just, they should just get a clucking chicken and just do a 30 seconds of a chicken clucking and, and with interspersed with, Comments about Joe Biden's a coward. Do You want a coward running America? Do you want a coward dealing with our enemies? You want a coward running, you know, with his hand on the nuclear button? I mean, this is this the commercials write themselves. They just aren't doing it, you right. know. And, and I get segwaying every day from Trump asking me for money, asking me for money. Well, okay, I want to see some 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 of these hard-hitting ads that you guys are talking about. I, I haven't seen as many as you guys have.
0: Um, you're segwaying into another comment I wanted to make. Is it true that Trump and his wife and Chris Christie have all survived COVID?
3: Possible. It's 100% deadly. So there's no way this. I, to I really,
0: I'm just, you, you'd think, and I know some people are making a big deal out of the fact that because Trump survived and he's 74 and a bit overweight, et cetera, et cetera, that says something. But Chris Christie also, and you don't even hear about Melania. And God forbid, if Melania were really sick, you know exactly what that would be on the front pages of everything. So. She
2: doesn't get any news, you know, coverage. The poor woman. I mean, if it's bad, it's really sad it's bad, she does. But it's really, really sad how first ladies get some respect and love by the media, and she gets dissed and
0: ignored. Okay, it's so bad. that goes. So now you just, brought, up, you just brought us on to the hearings, which we were going to put off another ten minutes. But can any conservative woman ever get any positive coverage or any credit? When I I looked, I've probably only watched two minutes of the hearings. And one of my only comments so far besides the obvious is that that woman is unbelievably bright.
2: Yeah. She's
3: impressive. I think she's smart. I think she's classy. I think she's poised. Um, And And if she would
0: only be pro-choice, she would be the next Darth Vader Ginsburg. She would be the next, I don't know, icon of the feminist movement. He also has
3: to get rid of her guns. Apparently she owns some guns. So she'd have to be pro-choice and get rid of her guns. Yeah.
2: So one of the things, I'm wondering what you think, Ed, because I think we talked before about, you know, if we could have another Thomas, where do you think she might lie in relate? And I guess I'm sure it's just very hard to gauge, but do you get any sense that she may be like a Justice Thomas?
1: I think it's hard to tell. I mean, her answers are intentionally crafty. Um, she's doing a good job of explaining that the judicial, you know, the canon of, of judicial conduct prohibits her from really making specific comments about how she would rule on particular issues. And that necessarily makes her a question mark. Now, based on what I've seen and based on the, the fact that she clerked for Scalia and, I guess just the the coverage that she's gotten, it sort of suggests that that's what she's gonna be. But I don't think we know. And I think it's a good thing that we don't know. I think we elect the president to know and the president to ask her some questions. And the president is supposed to screen these people for us. And it's, I, I just don't think that this is a, this should be a political question. Yeah. Ruth, Ruth Ginsburg was, was, was confirmed like 96 to three, I think. You know, and she was one of the most, you know, left leaning justices Mm -hmm. we've had, but yet she still was qualified and she got the votes. I don't see why it's not the same thing for us, except that we've got, you know, we whine and complain about bias in the media and bias from the Democrats. Well, yeah, that's that's there. And it's time we stopped complaining about it and time we started doing time we started doing something about it.
0: Well, you said the president's supposed to ask her questions. I was very happy to find out that she had not sexually assaulted anyone. I had been very worried about that going to the hearings. And I'm glad that uh, Hirono took that on for the rest of us Americans and protected us from another potential predator. He's a hero like Spartacus. <laughs> She's A, fe- a female Spartacus. Y- you know, some of you people are almost my age I don't think 40 years ago you would have asked a nominee for Supreme Court justice with just out of the clear blue sky in front of I believe her children were still there were they not
2: I, Oh I don't know that part cuz so. I know
0: they were there at least one of the days did you ever sexually assault anybody forget that they asked in front of the children about her colonizing the two black children what is no, wrong with our question, society
1: when I heard that question Steve I was hoping that her answer was going to be Senator, I have sexually assaulted fewer people than you have.
2: Oh, that would have been so good. That was the, the woman who asked her that was the.
0: Rono.
1: Like, yeah. From <laughs> Hawaii. That's what I was hoping she would have said. <laughs> that
2: would have been good. No,
3: she's too classy and
2: decent.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, she seems exceptionally classy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the, just the nerve, the gall. Of the well, you know, that the waste of people. time,
2: I, I just, for me, it's it's really, this is how small minded you are in this position. It's a waste of time. Um, and, you know, I haven't watched all of it. I've watched quite a bit of it. And my, you know, my, my biggest takeaway really was, and I'm sure this is, you know, if, 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 the, if, the, if it was switched and she was being appointed by Obama when she was, when Obama, I, it probably would be the same, but it really is sort of Democrats just using it as a political talking point moment. Everything was all about getting out the Democrat talking points over
3: and over. It's and over. That's all it
2: is. And, and I loved how you know Ben Sasse, um, uh, Lindsey Graham, and some others uh, used it as an opportunity to really sort of get to the judicial process and her mind, her thought through the judicial process, which to me was monumentally more helpful in gauging, not that I'm personally gauging, uh, but for those who need to gauge where she's gonna come out, I thought that was a lot more helpful than, you know, like like even Ben Sass said, scaring people, terrifying people about that she hates people and she wants people to die and not get health care. I mean, it really was, or, you know, hating women and women's right to an abortion. They, they, they it, it, it's all about getting out those fearful, fear-mongering talking points. But one of the things I noticed, and I think at it was either the last episode or the episode before last, you had said something along the lines of Republicans being weak. And at the time it didn't really register to me. And I have really been with that thought in my head, sort of listening and watching and you know, These hearings are a really good example of the Democrats hold up these pictures and they've got these stories of these people who were saved by the ACA. And our side could be doing exactly the same thing of the people who've been harmed by the ACA. And I get why they don't. I just explained why I appreciate that they didn't, that they used the time to really go through what her job is going to be, what it's going to require, and how she's going to perform it. Um, but, but at the same time, where are the Republicans on getting in on capturing the narrative, you know, holding on to the stories? I, they're, they're very, very weak.
3: Uh, the next time there's a Democrat president and they nominate a Supreme Court justice. If the Republicans do not attack them and hit them as hard as they've hit Kavanaugh and Barrett, then I think it's over. It's lost. I think it's over anyway. What but is, I, I think they yeah. need to hit back the way that they do. They need I, to play the same hardball.
2: So I, I would, I normally would push back on that and said no, but I see that not doing it means losing. You know, I don't. I hate to say give up our. You know moral compass and give up logic and reason that I believe our side you know emboldens but shoot it, it's the only thing you got you have to fight fire with fire
0: Well, Ed, would you agree and I know because on the theme that you believe Republicans should be tougher why didn't they just skip these
1: ridiculous hearings it's a good question um, no, uh, I think that they were afraid of being seen as having rammed it through?
2: I think so too. Um,
1: They were already being accused of packing the courts and ramming it through in 29 days.
3: If they skipped the hearings all together, it would be even more of a quick, inappropriate, quick, unethical process. They're
0: they're being accused of ramming it through anyway. And would that have been an unbelievable show of force?
2: You know, I think
3: she's-
0: Go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say, I think she's doing such a good job that Democrats are going to rue the day that they put her through that because she's, she's doing a better job than they are at trying to take her down as far as everything I've seen.
1: Ed? I was just going to say, it would have been nice to, to have them sh- make a show of force because they never do. Um, as far as – I just wanted to respond to something Jody said just a minute ago. Well, and, and Elliot also said – Yes, we have to fight fire with fire, but the real solution is we better make sure we never have a Democrat president again. That's the solution. Stop. We got got to make it clear that these people are never going to relinquish power if we give it to them and that they aim to do harm to every one of us. They aim to do harm to our constitution. They do aim to do harm to our economy. And not just in this abstract way, point out how the lockdowns have put 50 million people out of work point out, you know, make concrete examples, you know, point out, you know, the, the cases of where socialized medicine prevented, you know, the kid from England and the kid from, from Italy from being transported to America for, for health treatment, for medical treatment, even at the parents' expense because the, the health, the national healthcare systems would not allow them to, to go outside the system and show everybody that there are treatments. We're just not going to let you have them here you can concretize things and make the case. That's my problem with Republicans yes. around the country. Republicans don't make the case. Even, and, and honestly, libertarians can be that way too. They just, they, they learn liberty and they understand liberty is this good thing. And they think it's so overwhelmingly persuasive that it doesn't even really need to be argued. And I'm not, you know, I know Elliot, you're, you're a big libertarian and I, it's not personal on you. You do a great job of, of arguing, but I think concretization is is sort of the flip side of or it goes hand in hand with narrative building which is what Jody was talking about before you can't just talk abstract policy goals and you know liberty this and freedom that and you've got to make it concrete give it specific and and the thing is we have reality on our side we can give examples we just our side needs to do it go ahead Jody
2: so as so even going a little bit further on that ed when you look so the promises of free healthcare—it's—it's—it's it's, it's very captivating. So when a politician stands up there, and you already know the healthcare system scares you, it's convoluted, it's complex. You don't feel empowered or in control, and it's expensive. So when someone stands up there and says, "We're just going to give it to you for free," that's very captivating. It's very mesmerizing. So those words alone, right there, capture people's attention really quickly, hey, and then you, you put then you put the stories to it, right? So our job, uh, in my mind on the right, we have to do the same thing. You, we, we, our, 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 end, our end game is it's complicated, it's really not, but we complicate it with too many pieces that people don't understand and we fail to bring the stories in. And let me just give, you probably all have seen, but an example of a story with the ACA, where somebody got hurt, and this is one you know of many all over the country, where a woman was uninsured. She had pre-existing conditions. She got her health. She finally got insured through Obamacare. She had an eight thousand dollar deductible. Guess what that meant? She still couldn't get health care. Now she got a subsidy through Obamacare, and then she started working a little bit more. She got like two, three percent more or something in a year. And guess what happened? Now the IRS comes back and says, oh, you earned this much more. Now we want our $5,000 subsidy back. So, so not only did she not get health care from Obamacare, even though she got coverage, she got coverage that they love to sell you on coverage. She could not get care. Now she owes the IRS $5,000. So she's $5,000 worse off and no health care. That's the ACA for a lot of people. And the Republicans fail to put the face on that reality, while the Democrats hold up story after story about people who got health care.
0: I want to make a and she was punished point. for working as well. Here's was punished for being
2: work.
3: productive.
0: It was the point I wanted to make last week, and I'm not sure if I had a chance to make it. We always talk about the Republicans not making the argument. I do not believe the vast majority of Republicans disagree with Democrats on that many things. I think for the most part, they don't really give a hoot. What do you think about that, Ed?
1: Well, here's what free healthcare means. Free healthcare to the patient means enslavement of the doctors. If someone has a right to something, that means somebody has an obligation to provide it. And Republicans should make that clear. Do you want your doctor to be a slave? Or do you want your doctor to be able to think for himself? Here's another thing that free healthcare means. It means that the people, the government is paying for your healthcare. That means the government gets to oversee your healthcare, and the government gets to get between you and your doctor, not just on abortion, but on every single treatment that you have. And we already know that we don't want the doctor, the, the government to get between a woman and her doctor when it comes to abortion. Why would we want the government to get between the patient and the doctor on every single other medical procedure? That's an easy argument to make and they should make it. And then you can give the examples of you know, like I said, Charlie Beard, I think was his name, that little, the, the English, the kid uh-huh. from England. Um, you, you, and, and the examples that you gave, Jody, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, I'm not saying it's first grade level, but this can be done. They, I think, Steve, you're right, that Republicans, they either agree with Democrats or they're just too scared to fight Democrats. They think that the people are going to agree with Democrats and they're not willing to stand up to them because they think if they stand up to the Democrats, they're not going to get reelected. When in reality, all they're doing is committing slow suicide and we're seeing the country turn blue little by little. You know, we've lost Virginia, we're losing North Carolina, we're, we've lost Colorado, we've lost New Mexico, we're losing New Hampshire, losing all Arizona. these states that used to be red reliably, red, reliably red states are either purple or blue now. And, and it's precisely because Republicans won't fight and think, well, the Amer- the American people are going to agree with the Democrats. Well, surrender to the Democrats doesn't defeat them either.
0: Okay, I'm not the only one to say that we see the argument to the left, because, um, again, with the quick news cycle, Trump the other day, when he was saying he got better because of the drugs that he took, and then everybody's yelling, well, he gets it because he's rich and he's the president, nobody else will get it. And he came out and said, no, I'm going to make sure you guys get it for free. Now, that's really nice, but unless he's paying out of his pocket... He's ceding the argument to the left.
2: Okay, and that brings up what I was going to say, what free health care really means. I'm sorry, Elliot, shoot. All right, Elliot, you go. Don't sorry, I,
3: I have shoot. a lot of other
0: do things not, to say. Do not say shoot.
2: Oh, sorry. Shoot. Go. I have
0: a lot of go.
3: other things to say. Yeah, Trump, of course, is seeding the ground to the left, saying that free health is great. Yeah, I'm going to give you all free health whatever that means. Um, I, I just saw another article that I forgot to put in the show notes, and I'm sorry about that that in the latest stimulus, I mean, although the stimulus package means, um, not a stimulus, I mean the coronavirus uh, relief package. Relief package means pork viral crap. Pelosi throw in everything you want. Trump does it, everything he wants. You compromise, compromise across the aisle and the American people get screwed. Some get bailed out to so the you know, $6 trillion, and everyone gets their spending and everyone's happy. And the national debt hits $27 trillion, and eventually 30 40 $50, 100000000000000 um, So that's what coronavirus relief means and again, No one's pushing back on this. I don't think Levin is pushing back on this. I don't think Bongino, Hannity, or anyone else is pushing back and saying coronavirus relief means spending $5 trillion on pet projects from the right and left, and they come together and compromise just to screw the people. But yeah, anyway, the latest thing I heard about, you know, they're saying Pelosi walked away from the table, Trump walked away from the table, Pelosi only wants Democrat, you know, all all of the crap in there. That's why Trump's not going to negotiate with the next relief package. I just saw an article, again, proving right what I said on the radio three years ago, that the, the latest thing Trump requested in the coronavirus relief was totally free um, forgiveness of student loans as well. Um, and as I, I said years ago, five, 10 years ago, this is where the country is going. Like you said, Democrats believe it. Most Republicans believe it. And next thing you know, it's mainstream. And most Republicans support it too. I think within five, 10 years, all federal and probably all private um, stu- student loan debt. It's like, it's like 70, 80% federal, I believe. So all the federal debt for sure will be forgiven. And that's why I've been telling my friends and family to pay the minimums because don't worry about paying off your debt quickly because it'll be forgiven. So I just wanted to put that in there too. Trump is totally ceding to the left, but he doesn't have to. This is an unforced error, right? He's saying in the coronavirus relief package, let's throw in free uh, college student loan forgiveness. Uh, it's an unforced error, right? So that's incredible too.
2: So the whole and free healthcare, free college, free whatever you want to put in there. What I hear when I hear that is an avenue for politicians to exploit people's pain, because once you put it in their hand, every time they're up to vote, they're going to keep promising you, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it better for decades. Will people will be Wait, why why can't I get this health care? Why can't I get this call? It's free, it's free, it's free, and my taxes are destroying my state fighting and fighting, but more avenue for politicians to to be permanently in the seat of pandering to voters to get elected because now they run it. So I gotta tell you all these different things every time I'm coming up to uh, be reelected, and I'm going to you know, promise you more and more of this stuff, and I'm going to make it better and better. It just puts it in the hands of people who are going to use those subjects as an avenue to exploit them to get elected.
3: I think two simple things, real quick, two simple things that Republicans can do to argue better is, number one, whenever anyone says anything, even Trump, but especially Democrats saying free this, free that, free healthcare, free college, literally just say, do ad buys, do billboards, do videos, articles, just saying who's paying, who's paying. Who's paying the bill? Funded by who? Who's funding it? Well, and the second thing is call them looters, F- taken from obviously Atlas Shrugged, written by Ayn Rand. She so refers to government agents as looters because they loot your money. They're thieves. They steal your money and they use it to bribe voters. By the way, people. even
0: Levin wrote a book called, I believe, "Plunder and Deceit," and "plunder" yeah. is a pretty strong word.
2: But but you're only plundering. You're only plundering the rich and the corporations, Elliot. So yeah, it's yeah, okay. You know, I'm not, like the vast majority of people are gonna be like, well, it's not, I just get the free stuff. I don't have to pay for it.
3: I pay 20, 30, $40,000 a year in taxes and I'm a middle-class medical work my butts off.
2: Well, you know what I find really okay. Cause I really, I really value the moral argument. Um, I want to solve problems like poverty and those things, but it really irks me how many liberals vote for big government under the guise of compassion for those in need and yet they consistently put up politicians who aren't taking from their pocket more to meet the the, the needs of the needy and I resent they, if, that you really me,
0: I resent that Bill Clinton I believe wrote off used underwear on his taxes that he did donate to charity. So the fact that you're saying liberals don't give charity is just not true.
2: No, they vote for other people to fund it through government and conveniently those politicians they vote for are also gonna give them some free stuff. It's really about compassion for others, but that they get free stuff paid for by others, that's just a little- Well,
3: Clinton was the recipient of charity after he left the White House He took some of, some of the uh, gold silverware, right? So that was charity, he was a recipient.
1: You know, Ed, you brought up
0: the word enslavement. Um, two of my absolute, um, I guess mentors, for lack of a better word at the moment, are Thomas Sold and Walter Williams and I know they always talk about it in those terms. If, if you have a right to healthcare, you are enslaving a doctor. And I'm glad you used that word, because you're literally, and some of us who are raising children know that our children could go to medical school and put four years undergrad, four years medical school, five years residency, another five, 10 years of heavy debt for the government to tell them where they have to go, what type of practice they have to have, who they have to treat, and how much they're gonna get paid, that should be infuriating. And obviously we're not doing a show on healthcare, but free healthcare leads to not enough doctors.
3: Yep. Well, some do say that Rand Paul and Ben Shapiro do make that point
0: that it's enslaved of a doctor. Yeah, and a nurse.
2: Well, and it doesn't solve the problems of people having control and access in their healthcare decisions, it just doesn't.
1: Well, it, it solves the problem that the Democrats want solved the Democrats want to solve the problem of they want control of yes. life, and that that solves their problem 100%. They
2: want to be certain that they can pander on that subject for eternity.
0: Well, no, no, Ed's go, going further than you. If yep. I can talk for him, they want to control you. They, somebody's calling it medical tyranny in some other words, just like they can deny you hydroxychloroquine if they want to, whether or not it's to protect the money of big pharma. Um, And again, if we ever get to that social credit system, which in certain ways we're heading towards through big tech of just saying, if you don't have the right opinions, then clearly your mind isn't right. And we're not gonna spend that kind of money in healthcare. And God forbid, if we ever got single payer, I have no doubt that that would start to happen. And again, it would start to happen in the gray areas, but it will start to happen. You know, it's funny. I wasn't gonna bring up the story necessarily, but I think it was Daniel Horowitz. If you don't listen to him, on conservative review. He's been fantastic, at least of late. He was very upset that, I believe, an Idaho judge ruled that not paying for a um, surgery for a transsexual, which I think Rush Limbaugh is the one who coined a chop a dick off surgery, um, that not paying for it is a violation of the Eighth Amendment. And he didn't even go into the fact that they're taking money against other people's will who believe that that's a horribly immoral thing to do. But making that into a positive right, the government has to pay, not the government has to let you do it. Right. You have to pay for something that far out and force somebody else to pay for it, which is what they're essentially doing, or it's violating an Eighth Amendment. I mean, we are.
2: That's been, that's well, been a theme for a while now where it's the, if you don't give it to me, you're denying it my right to it. That's been their theme growing and growing. If it's not provided to me by an outside force, I'm not being, this, this is, I'm not getting this right. And by
0: the way, I, I have happy to agree with government. it. I believe the government should buy me guns.
3: Yeah, yep, yep,
1: of course. Well, it's my I, I right. just wanna, I wanna say something though, Steve. I, I agree with, with what you're saying about where control of medicine is heading, but I think, I think that they are on the precipice of something that gives them even more control and more quickly. And that would be digital digital money. If they give if they replace the currency with a a Fed card and make it so that you have a you know, whatever, a Visa card or a debit card that's to the that's a Federal Reserve Bank card. If they don't like what you're doing, they shut your card off.
3: And within five years, cash will be illegal for transactions, of course. Ed, ed
1: you're
0: going really about. far. I'm starting to worry about you. You're sounding almost um, as crazy as that Olu kid. Yeah, um Israel, you know, Israel is pushing very hard towards cashless society. It's inevitable. It's only a matter and, of
3: 5 years or 10 years. It's and inevitable. again,
0: they do it, you know, to stop black markets which Israel and the Middle East are famous for. I happen to not like cash. But as a libertarian, I know that's wrong because every single nickel I spend is traceable and you're 100% right. If they push us all away from that. Yeah. Just that like will have.
3: only fuel the fire of cryptocurrency. It'll, it'll motivate people to use more crypto.
0: No, they'll just make it more illegal, etc. Et and they'll et use it
1: more anyway. I, and it just, okay, I think that's it something is. that- It's created by the government. government. They can get much, if they get control of healthcare, that's sort of a lever onto your whole life. But if they get control of the money that way, that is your whole life. I mean, if you can't pay your rent, if you can't buy food, if you can't, I mean, you can't buy medical care. You can't buy anything. If they shut your card off because, you know, they don't think conservatives, have, you know, they think conservatives are, you know, mentally unstable or they think that you're, you know, whatever, the, you know, whatever, the, however they implement the social credit system, when they do it through a digital ca- currency that's a cashless society, you have no way out. I mean, you, with, with medical care, your way out is to stay healthy. I mean, we all die eventually, but you can stay healthy for a while you can't go more than a couple of days without food and water. And if they, shut your, if they shut off your access to that, they've got total control of your life and they've got it very quickly. And I don't know if it's five or 10 years, as Elliot's saying, but that's the direction we're going and we're moving even faster in that direction than we are towards socialized medicine. So that's something that I think people need to be really alert for and, and watch out for. I know that in the very first draft of the CARES Act, there was a, a proposal that Pelosi had slipped in about digital currency. It was ultimately, I believe, edited out of the final bill, but it's on the agenda, it's on the horizon, and it's a very big threat, a much bigger threat than Medicare for all, all or single payer, or any of these other policies. And I
0: just have to say, Ed, if you would have said this five years ago, I would have thought you're a tinfoil hat nut. We all would have
1: called you a quack.
3: Yep.
0: And, and now you're a pretty mainstream person. And the fact that you're saying this, that is unbelievably scary. This is no longer conspiratorial. Yeah, no, anyone
3: paying attention to anything knows within five, ten years, I think it could be a lot less, could be a year or two, we're gonna have a digital currency and then they'll give us five, ten years grace period to phase out all cash transactions. And again, that's inevitable. We lost. Again, the ship has sailed fifty hundred years ago, the ship has sailed. Maybe but we, we asked
0: the question a few weeks ago, is it too late? That that's... Yeah, yeah,
3: and the only way to the only way to ever to avoid this law of cashless society using the Fed card, like Ed said, is going to be secession. One state or two states or a group of states or a coalition of states is going to have to leave the United States and have their own currency or, even better yet, allow for competition and freedom so people can use either dollars or Bitcoin or Dash or gold or silver or bartering or seeds or anything else. And it's, it's called freedom and competition.
2: Can somebody explain cryptocurrency to me?
3: I wish I could. <laughs> um, the, the basic is the, the two things that offers you that the um, dollars, physical cash does not offer you and debit and credit cards don't offer you is essentially maximum, a hundred percent infinite privacy. And um, so it, it's private and untraceable and also unable, it, it's able to send um amounts essentially infinite amounts across the world in a second so cash is untraceable and private obviously cash giving me a dollar bill for for a water bottle but you can't send it across uh, space and time um whereas cryptocurrencies it offers the same amount almost 100 percent privacy and undetectability mm-hmm. as cash but also allows you to do it across the world in an instant some take one or two seconds some take a day but it's usually huh. faster than bank transfers so that that's the the draw to it people love it because it's totally private but also you can do it around the world um, and it's essentially, depending on the exact blockchain, there are now probably millions of different um, cryptocurrencies. The big ones are, are uh, Bitcoin and a few versions of Bitcoin um, and Dash and Ethereum and Monero and a few others, but there are millions. And some are, are super duper duper private and secure, super ultimately encrypt, encrypted. Some are focused more on doing good and environmentalism and nonprofit and charity, that's their focus, and, and they work in very interesting ways. Um, but most of them are very, very big on, on privacy and blockchain needing super-duper VPN bouncing back and forth between the trillion servers, so it's essentially untraceable, which is why the government hates it. Well, well, my understanding of,
0: of, of cryptocurrency, which I've had trouble getting anyone to explain how it actually works, is it's basically just a number on a screen. Nothing really exists, Correct. as far as I can tell. It's there's just no a myth real that we agree to. Now, I believe money is as well because... Yep. You know, I don't want to give away our secret, but we pay our co host a couple hundred thousand dollars an episode and they get the money straight through, you know, bank to bank wires. But all that does is move a number on my screen to a number on their screen. No one's ever really moved money. And I, I'm not an economist by any means, but we talk about Bezos being worth one hundred and sixty billion dollars. I don't believe that. First of all, the minute he cashed out any of his stock that's worth so much of that money, his stock yeah. goes down right away. So he loses 10, 20 billion right there. But it's all on paper. He can't walk into anywhere in the universe and get that money. It's a number on a screen. And when you watch, uh, what was it? Live Free or Die Hard, or one of, those, one of the last Die Hard movies where they just simply hacked into all the banks it just exists on a screen, and I think Bitcoin, per my understanding, is just taking that another step. I agree to call it worth something, and that's why Bitcoin seems to fluctuate horrifically. So I don't, I don't really understand. It's
3: volatile. Is it more volatile than the U.S. dollar? You know, probably, but it is volatile. And again, some, and that's why there are some coins called stable coins, and I think that their maximum their um, top primary attraction uh, is that they're more stable, right? Bitcoin is more volatile. There are some that are more volatile. They'll go from $1,000 to a penny every other day. It's crazy. But, but again, you know, the dollar fluctuates mostly in the downward direction, of course. But, you know, the dollar and the euro fluctuates and there derivative but markets. They fluctuate
0: very, them. very little. I mean, if you look yeah, at the, yeah. a few pennies here, a few pennies. And,
3: and again, the, the reason, you know, Bitcoin, I think the first, the reason cryptocurrency came into existence was just that. It was just a, a method of exchange, a medium of exchange, which is all a currency, a currency is supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be an investment. People talk about it like, is Bitcoin a good investment? Is the dollar a good investment? Maybe, maybe not. But but currencies are primarily currencies and secondarily investments, right? Bitcoin was a way for me to put money into my computer or my app, send it to Ed across the world in an instant, and then he can right away transfer it back to dollars. And that way I can send Ed across the world in an instant, $85 like this, without paying PayPal fees and without being tracked by PayPal, AKA who owns PayPal? I don't know, Google, Facebook.
0: But, but it is a myth as far as I know. But so, so is the
3: dollar and anything else? Um, is it backed well, no, by anything? Yes and no. This,
1: Elliot, because gold was an objective value, gold yes. was a real value and a real asset, and all these other substitutes are not real assets. They're all make believe. They're all fantasy at some level. And you know, I don't. I think that Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies are just as much fiat as the dollar is. On. Untethered to gold. They are. They're not necessarily
3: backed by a hard commodity for sure. I would I would totally agree. That's why well, I, wouldn't money, I wouldn't put all my money. They are I wouldn't put all my money in, you know, any crypto. It's used, I think, temporarily. I don't know if temporary is the right word, but it's used for one purpose. For if, if I want to buy an AR fifteen from you and you live in China, there's only one way for me to send you the money. I can send you cash by snail mail, which has a lot of issues and is super illegal, or I can send you cryptocurrency and then you can put it right back into the dollars or yen if you're in China or Yuan. Um, and that way I can, I can transfer you money without being tracked. So it, it has a purpose, right? So its primary um, attribute that people like about it is that purpose, which is untraceable, uh, you know, private, undetectable, instant Privates. transfers. Yeah. So it's that's the big thing.
1: value. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't see, again, I don't see the, the value in it as far as hard value. Um, and that's why, again, I have like $80 in, in cryptocurrency right now. Um, I don't have most of my investments
1: in cryptocurrency. Um, but if I have to, to do a, a transaction, secret. I would do it. What's that? It's supposed to be a secret. You're not supposed to tell us how much you have.
3: Of crypto? No. You know. <laughs> I have 10 bucks of Bitcoin, 10 bucks of Dash, a few bucks of, of uh, something else. Ethereum, I don't know. I still don't know how to use it very well, but uh, um, you know, some apps and some programs make it pretty easy, I think. Uh, but again, a lot of my friends who know a lot more about tech than I do, they do love it and use it a lot. Um, again, some consider it an investment, some don't, and that's neither here nor there. Um, but again, the key is freedom. And whereas government is concerned, they shouldn't have any laws, and I just, I just finished reading End the Fed, where it says maybe the government shouldn't have a monopoly on our money and they should let us do what we want. If we want to use a certain kind of money, that's fine. They shouldn't have a Fed, which then destroys the dollar and puts it in the grave and then kicks it and stomps on it and just totally destroys the integrity of the dollar. So that, that's where I'm at. We should have freedom and let competition happen, not just with cars and phones, let competition happen with healthcare and with
0: currencies. Amen we're getting far into our libertarian territory today are we not um, i wanted to mention just a few quick hits uh it's pretty interesting how going back to the hearings how amy coney barrett is supposed to answer a question about how she'll rule on a case but joe biden can get away with saying we don't deserve to know what he's going to do about packing a court and i think she should have just said that straight up like wait a minute You guys don't. Can you imagine if she would have said to a senator, you don't deserve to know the answer to that question?
3: That would have been funny, too. (laughs) What's amazing is that they keep saying it. Whenever I turn on the uh, leftist news, they keep saying the Republicans are currently packing the courts because Trump has filled, you know, 100 vacancies in the courts. Can we write an article? Can someone here take that on, please, to write an article just explaining the basics of what filling court vacancies means versus packing and extending the amount of seats on a court and then say that not only has Republicans not done it and Trump hasn't done it and won't do it, but Biden has essentially said he will do it. And the last one to attempt it was a Democrat. So can we write an article like that explaining- You would you you know,
0: you would think that was so obvious until they started to conf- conflate those two terms. They've purposely
3: conflated them and I've written articles about this, this theory. It's the conflation theory where they purposely conflate two things yes. um, for like years and years and years and desensitize strategy. China. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did this with, with um, uh, rape and then sexual assault and then mm-hmm. sexual harassment and then sexual misconduct. And they keep going down a level of, of how serious it is. And now, sexual misconduct, what does misconduct mean? It means conducting yourself not perfectly. Who's not guilty of, mis- of conducting themselves not perfectly at any given moment in their life? Obviously, every human is guilty of misconduct, sexual misconduct at some point in their life. Um, and they lower the bar hard. and they equate it with rape and they conflate it with rape purposely for years and now we've all been desensitized so when i'm nominated for Supreme Court one day in my nightmare i'll be i'll be you know accused of sexual misconduct and because of the conflation of 50 years they'll equate that to rape and they'll say oh he's racist
0: you know yeah. speaking yeah, and of you know words i, I think it's really, really interesting what happened with the sexual preference thing
2: yeah,
3: yeah. So
0: i think everybody knows that she got into trouble because she said sexual preference But according to one story, Webster's online dictionary literally went on and changed its definition of preference to cover for that and said that preference in regard to sexuality is a derogatory word now.
3: Unbelievable. I have no way of
0: researching it because they say they screen captured the old definition. But we're living so far into 1984 that we're going to change the meaning of a word almost retroactively. And that's really, really And
1: And what were you saying about language? Well, I was just going to say, I can say for sure that I've not engaged in sexual misconduct. I just want the record to be clear about that.
0: Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> Duly noted. But
2: How did we get here? I mean, going back to the debate moderators, uh, and you, how, how did we get here where it's, I mean, it's so blatant, at least if they had somebody on the far left and somebody on the far right to sort of balance out the questioning. But we've lost... Any semblance of balance and reason.
3: Far right people are evil mossies and we're not going to have them on the base station. How
2: we concede so easily. How is it that we've lost control of the narrative this monumentally? And even the media. You know, I guess what did CNN say? And I know it's CNN, so surprise, right? But you know, Joe Biden lied so much; it's insane, and yet. CNN gets away with saying, uh, you know, he was mostly accurate what he said. How, how do you, I mean, my husband is a physician and for gosh sakes, he's held accountable to the the nth degree on anything. And how is it that the media is not held accountable to outright lying on a regular basis and covering for lies? How,
0: How did we get to this? Okay, so Jody, speaking of words, look at what we've done to that word mostly, and you put it so well. We've gone with these mostly peaceful demonstrations. I'm not the only person to say, you know, the flights on September 11th were mostly uneventful, by the way. 9% of, of the entire flight was totally normal. And why do we make such a big deal out of it? So, and, you know, the, the 20th century was mostly peaceful too, except for the 100 million people who died. So we've taken the word mostly and totally bastardized it. And by the way, we've moved the window so far that people with a straight face will say CNN is center or center right. And once you can say that, then that is about I, I love Facebook's fact checkers. They get better every day. I mean, you could
3: post something saying freedom is good. Just a meme, a picture of me saying freedom is good. And Facebook will say, this has been checked by independent fact checkers and it could potentially be misleading in some context, maybe because freedom to kill is not good. And that's what they'll say, and they'll say it's 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 not true. You can say the sky is blue. You can say anything. You can say humans have twenty-three chromosomes. They'll say it's partly
1: false, and then you're blocked.
2: And they'll be silent. They'll be silent on some on on a lie from the left. Somehow it doesn't get back checked.
1: Let, let me just add something, though. I, I agree that the left is definitely trying to bastardize language, but I don't know that it's. I don't think it's just the left, or I don't think it's. I mean, it is nefarious from them because everything they do is nefarious, but it's also just a rhetorical device if you go back to the founding you know look back at who the federalists were the federalists were the ones for a national government but in reality, but by choosing the term federalist they they took the word that the that the anti-federalists really would have that really described the anti-federalists right the states rights people the people that believed that it should be done at the you know each state should be able to do its own uh, it, it make its own choices and what were, the, what were the anti-federalists left with? They The language didn't have a word for them because the the federalists took their word for them. So- like Liberals, they don't believe in liberty. Well, you're talking about back in, in 1787. I'm saying and, now liberals stole the word liberty. They stole right. the
3: word progressive.
1: Correct. They stole the word choice. I don't think we ever actually, I, I don't know that they stole the word progressive. I don't know that our side ever had the word progressive. Um, you know, I think if you go back to even Calvin Coolidge's speech on the uh, 150th anniversary of the of the declaration of independence in 1926 he talks about how the progressives aren't really progressive and it's you know that's just not the right word um that it's the most regress you know that if you go past the individual rights of man you're not being progressive it's it's retrogressive and regressive um but more generally i think that that's just a, a rhetorical tool and we just have to you know, I'm not saying we should give into it or or applaud them, but I mean, that's just, that's good debating. They're, they're debating well, you know, the framers took, you know, did the same thing by taking the term federalist away from their opponents and making them anti-federalists. And, you know, I, you know, I, I see the point that you're all making and it's all a valid point, but, um, and we do need to be very, you know, careful about language because, when the language is taken away from us, there's no way to oppose the other side. I mean, that's, that's the point of my example with the Federalists, right? I mean, anti-Federalist is not a winning slogan, right? It's, not just, it's just not a winning party. And, um, you know, we do have to be concerned about it, but I think we also have to remember there is some element of um, legitimate rhetorical device that's involved with that. And, you know, we need to just be good at it, too.
0: Well, going back to putting a whole bunch of thoughts together, how the window has moved and cancel culture and um, making um, cash illegal, et cetera, et cetera, Facebook fact-checking and putting it all together, you know, I threw up a story. There's a broadcaster for the Seahawks who just lost his job for being transphobic because he said, boy, we really don't believe in science. We can just say we've been a girl all our lives and that passes for science and that's okay. And he lost his job. And it's a very small step from there to if that's happened to you or if Facebook has put you in jail three times, you can no longer use our Fed card. And I think there's so much infrastructure there already through Facebook and Google, et cetera, to say, okay, three strikes and you're out and take it that far. We really have the wherewithal. And I've said for a while now that we're living the prequel to 1984. And I know I've written this before. When you read 1984, it starts with that freaking telescreen in his house. And you always wonder how the telescreen got there. And I assume that everyone assumes Big Brother forced everyone to have a telescreen. And that's just the way the book reads. But I believe we all bought those telescreens. They were called iPhones, they were called echoes. they were called homes or whatever else they're called, but we actually begged people to sell them those to put them in our house, making it so easy for them to monitor what we say, what we think, and then whether it's going to be the healthcare control, whether it's going to be currency control we're we're not in a great place
1: right well, now I, I think that's a really good point, and I think that Traditionally, people are afraid of fascism, and they think of fascism as some government demagogue like Hitler t- or, or Mussolini takes over and pushes down from the top a whole bunch of controls. But fascism can also come in through the back door, where you have private entities that all, that are voluntarily asking for fascism, and then the and they're, they're in bed with the government officials. Yes, they're in, exactly they're in bed with the government officials, and it, and it works it works in both directions and the it can be ushered in through the private sector just as well as it can be ushered in through the through a, a government demagogue just getting the votes in and i think that's what we're seeing in america today and i don't i think a lot of people especially on the liberty side in the libertarian movement need to wake up to that that just because these are private companies and it's private action doesn't mean that they are not on the side of the fascists and that they're not on the side of silencing our our society and taking our freedoms away.
0: Has anybody here downloaded one of those contact tracing apps? I would hope not. Hell no. But New York State has been pushing it. So Israel once again is going, I believe, to allow, in air quotes, the Shin Bet, which is basically their internal CIA, to monitor contact tracing and take charge of if you lied about who you were in contact with, they're going to be able to search you down. Now, a few years ago, I'd say that could never happen in America, that the CIA or FBI would misuse their intelligence gathering capabilities to track us for something as small as contact tracing. But again, so many of us have volunteered for it by downloading these apps. Some of us, some of us have been forced to download these apps. And we're, we're just in a really scary- Again, they
3: can get everyone in the US to download the app. Either by forcing it or just by giving a tax incentive, tax break. You tax don't have to. You can anything. sell me
0: a twelve hundred dollar phone for two hundred bucks. Yep. I'll, what
2: the, the what you were talking about earlier, fascism and uh, a woman in the UK coined it as. Cult, I, I think it was her who coined it. It's her. I first heard it from. She was a. She used to be um, a journalist in, in the UK, and she called it cultural totalitarianism. And you know, you don't it, it, if. If you don't download that app, maybe you won't get hired. Maybe you'll get fired. If you don't download that app, your neighbor is going to damage your home. If you don't download that app, you're going to be harassed by your community until you do. And let me just tell you, but don't worry, because you downloading that app, it's for your own safety. And it's for the safety of others. You're and if soldier. you don't do it for others, you don't care. You want people to die.
0: Did you see that story the police chief who just lost his job because his wife that something pro-Trump. And cultural.
2: The
0: it's
3: cultural in my, it's in my notes. The ostracizing and the self-policing of people with yeah. each other is amazing because there are only about one million cops in the U.S. Maybe a few federal cops too, um, there are three hundred thirty million people. So they can't control us unless they can brainwash people into policing each other. And mm-hmm. like I just heard from another friend that she got yelled at, um, verbally assaulted her and her daughter when she was out and about without a mask and, and someone flipped out on them and accused her um, of killing people and, and you know, being reckless and, and wanting people to die, people are policing each other. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you may not get hired, you may get fired if you, God forbid, say something pro-Trump or pro-life or pro-gun. Once they have us ostracizing each other, they've won. They've won so handily, they have you, so much control, we're all so screwed.
2: When we're afraid. I'm already afraid. I live in Illinois. I would like to put signs out. I would like to have done some local media but my husband, you know, knows physicians in his area whose wife did and got threatened, threatened. Mm-hmm. He, his job was being threatened. It's and not worth being fired. So now I'm silenced. I wouldn't be. I'd I'm, I'm love to be vocal, but I've literally been feared into being silent. That's and why they call calm. it
3: silent majority. A lot of people voted for Trump in 2016. And guess what? In 2016, I and many of my friends across all 50 states, either didn't like him, didn't trust him, or voted against him, um, didn't trust him enough to vote for him. Now that he's actually shown some results and he's actually done some good and kept some promises, which is more than any other politician has ever done, he's gonna have a lot more votes. So if he won in 2016, he's gonna win big in 2020. Because a His lot more people actually trust him. him. He
2: has to overcome the fraud though, so.
0: Yeah, all right. Anybody wanna say a uh, few closing words? I do. Go.
2: Okay, so I wanted to address Diane Feinstein in the hearings. She brought up uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she talked about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for all the people, not just an elite few. And this is one of those where the left uses these little words, all the people. So I want to respond to that um, and say, where is that sentiment on fighting for the rights of the millions of people who believe abortion is legalized murder and want to ban it in their states. They are part of all the people. Where is that sentiment on fighting for the rights of millions of people who know that government is terrible at managing health care, drives up the costs while giving little care to access, and so they want the federal government out of health care? They are part of all the people. Where is that sentiment on fighting for the rights of the millions of people who want less federal spending and low federal taxes? They're part of all the people. So when the left talks about caring about all the people, let's be honest, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about making sure that all the people are under their control and not under their personal wishes. That was my closing.
1: Well, before I even make a, a, a closing statement of my own, I'll just. Jody, I think that's called universalization of your own interest. Um, that's a, another rhetorical device that politicians have been using since time immemorial. You know, instead of saying this is this is what I want for me, they, they cloak their own self-interest and what they want in this is what's best for everybody. Um, and and everybody does it. I mean, Republicans do it, uh, Democrats do it. Everybody does it. Um, doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean it's good, but um, you know, I think everybody does it. Um, I don't do it as far as I, I try and I try and check myself very carefully. Right for all
2: to do what they want. I really don't care if you want government health care. Have at it. Just leave me out of it. I I don't care if you want to ban abortion or have you know government pay for it until do your thing. Leave everyone out of it. To me, that's where you get the all part.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, this week we've sort of stayed away whether consciously or subconsciously from from the covid story and the mask story but um, I think a couple of things have come out this week that are, are at least worth noting um, you know there' was some uh, you know the World Health Organization came out and said that lockdowns are a bad thing and that we've had poverty double in just six months um, and I think that that's something that needs to be we should at least have addre- we should at least address it I don't want this show to go by without at least mentioning it, um, you know, some of us, or at least I know I have been saying since day one that that was the inevitable result of what's going on, that shutting down the economy and putting people out of work was not the, not the correct answer to this problem. It wouldn't have been the correct answer even if we had the bubonic plague on our shores, but it certainly wasn't the right answer for what we had. Uh, we, we can't live without our civil liberties. Being able to, to earn a living is a civil liberty It's a civil right. Being able to go to church is a civil liberty and a civil right. Even simple things like taking care of yourself at the gym, which the gyms were closed for a long time. That's also a basic civil civil right and civil liberty. And these lockdowns were never about health. They were never about solving the problem of coronavirus. They were about consolidating political power in the Democrat Party. And it was the Democrat governors and mayors that have exploited this crisis and concentrated their power, and who, even in the face of court rulings against them, refuse to to yield at all um, and then there was another story about the ineffectiveness of masks, and I just I think that it, there's not a whole lot to say about that story. I think that we've all known that you know there's a lot of uh, uh, YouTube's about fauci and some others from the very beginning saying that masks were not effective and they are effective. and you know I think that we all know that that was a little bit of, of nonsense. but uh, the, the point I wanted to to bring out if we had talked about it was that like so many things from the left, mask wearing has become a sacrament. And the left talks like they're secular and that they're anti-religious and they don't believe in religion, but they sure do have a lot of sacraments that, you have to do them, and you're not allowed to even question it. And it's not just masks. You know, environmentalism is replete with with sacraments. Uh, you know, if you if you dare to ask, for instance, whether recycling is necessary or profitable, you, you know, you'll you get you get a, a an angry answer from a, from an environmentalist like you want to kill the the planet. Well, if it really were profitable, if it really were something that adds to human life, some companies. Company or companies would be able to profit from it, and the left doesn't want to hear that. They don't want to even address that issue. They don't want to talk about whether uh, whether something is worth doing and whether the 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 risks outweigh you know whether the risks are are outweigh or don't outweigh the the rewards of doing something. You know we could you know we could lower speed limits to five miles an hour, and we would probably save a whole lot of lives from uh, from car accidents. You know, we could get rid of the car altogether and go back to horses and we would get rid of, you know, we would have no more car accidents, but suddenly we wouldn't be able to transport food as quickly as we do. We wouldn't be able to transport medical supplies as quickly as we do. I couldn't transport my patients quickly. Right. You couldn't get people to the hospital as quickly. So there are costs involved to it. And, but the left doesn't want to talk about that. They don't want to engage in any kind of cost benefit analysis. They don't want to engage in any kind of thinking to them, these things are all sacraments. They are religious commandments that must be followed. And that's what mask wearing has become. And that's what environmentalism is writ large. And I, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't conclude, conclude this show without me at least pointing that out and addressing it. So there you go.
2: Government's the new opiate of the masses. It's the new religion. And all. <laughs> heretics will be punished in the here and now, not in the ever after, just so we're clear.
1: I don't know if it's government. I mean, I just think that they, they, have, their, they have their beliefs and they're not willing to persuade you on them. Their whole plan, their whole reason for being is to force it on you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. And in fact, I think if you really drill down deeply enough, I think that they would rather that the things that they're forcing on you were bad for you because if they were good for you, then they wouldn't need to use force Mm -hmm. for them. Force is the, is the primary for them. They want to force you to do what they want you to do. And if what they want you to do is objectively good for you, then there's, they don't need to force you. You just would, you know, it's sort of like the seatbelt laws, right? They force that on us, but anyone who stops and thinks about it, Okay. Yes, it's wrong. They shouldn't force me to do it, but I'd be an idiot not to wear a seatbelt. So I wear a seatbelt. That's not the kind of thing that the left really wants to force on us. It's not, you know, you know, government is the opiate of the masses. It's not. It's not government per se. It's they want to force you to do things that are irrational and bad for you. Um, and the seatbelt law is just sort of a, you know, it's their foothold. It's their camel's nose under the tent to be able to do it. Um, but they just want, they, they want to force you. It, like I said, force is their, is their primary and they need things that you don't want to do and that are objectively bad for you to force you to do it. And that's why we've got lockdowns. That's why we're forced to wear masks, even though masks are not effective and that lockdowns aren't effective. That's why uh, recycling has to be done without question. Um, that's just, I think that's the, that's the, the, the issue that I see. I don't see it as, you know, government is the opiate of the masses. I mean, I I guess maybe I should ask you what you mean by that, but. Yeah.
2: I mean, like when you talk to liberals, you know, that is their opiate, that's their religion. That is. And if you question it, you're attacked. It is kind of like their drug. It's their, it's, it's their solution to everything. Give, you know, government all the power and they're going to make everything I want happen and be. So it's it's their opiate, it's
1: this
2: drug, it's their religion.
1: I'm not religious, but I, I I just don't think that I would equate religion or even government with a drug. I don't think that those are helpful analogies. Um, I know Marx used it in the Communist Manifesto, but um, I don't know. I, he used it know. in
0: the sense of controlling the masses, didn't he?
1: Yeah.
0: So in that sense, we're way over time and I can't outdo your statements. Ellie. do you want to say something?
3: I have a closing statement, don't I?
0: Go. Uh, um, yeah, I'm kind
3: of wrong, I'm late too. Um, the few things that I wrote down here is, I guess the WHO read my article, I wrote the lockdowns are bad for the economy and a bad economy means people dying. I wrote that article months ago. So I'm glad to see someone at the WHO knows how to read. That's great. Um, the next thing I want to say is, As far as the sexual preference though, I didn't really get a chance to talk about it a lot. I didn't hear Amy Cunabara said it, but I guess she said it, wow, she's horrible. I guess she's a racist, evil bigot, uh, homophobe. But didn't the left just spend the last like 20, 30, 40, 50 years convincing us that uh, sexual orientation is non-binary, that it's not a, that it's totally black and white, that it's not totally black and white, sorry that it's, it's not binary, it's not black and white, there's fluid, we're gender fluid, we can change, we're bisexual, we're trisexual, we're, we're polygamous, which is, which is fine, you know, it, it's all fluid. And now she's saying, okay, it's a spectrum, like most things that they believe was a spectrum, um, so you can have a preference, because the, the whole attack on her was that she said preference, indicating that it's a spectrum, it's not a spectrum, it's binary. Doesn't that go against what they've said for the last 50 years, that it's, that it's not binary, and now they're saying it is binary? That's so again, that's, that's also ridiculous. Um, Yeah, the last thing I wanted to say, which I think I mentioned, is that the Republicans better hit the Democrats as hard as they hit those uh, justice nominees. Otherwise, it's totally finished. And again, secession ultimately is going to be the only cure if you want to leave this crazy world and still have some freedom.
0: Okay. I can't beat your closing statements, but while we were doing this show, I just see a story on the blaze. Updated. New York Post account locked as Twitter completely censors Hunter Biden's story. Users Jesus. cannot even send it in direct messages. So I just want to keep harping on what I harp on. The tree falls in the forest and tech totally censors it. It did not happen. Most And there's still a platform, not a publisher. There's right. still there's a neutral a platform. platform. But, which goes back to we need to fight harder. But most people in this country will never hear of all of this stuff going on with Hunter and Joe Biden. Anyway, thank everybody so, so much for another wonderful show please subscribe. We'll be up on SoundCloud and iTunes, hopefully within the hour. Please join us live as we broadcast with your questions and comments. And we see you next week, same time, same channel, hopefully. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Ed, Jody, and Elliot.